This is Two Girls, One Mike, the show that talks about the holes and plot holes of your favorite porn. Welcome to Two Girls, One Mike, the show that's willing to ask the hard questions like, are you okay? I know that's illegal, but Kate, are you okay? Oh man, where to start? I'm adequate. (laughs) I know no one's really supposed to ask that nowadays, but I think it's important, you know, especially since we're all holed up or not, whatever you're doing. But that said, we do have a guest on the show. And so, Kate, I know you're, you know, doing the show with me today, but I do want to make a quick announcement before we dive right in, uh, which is that Yvette's no longer part of TGOM. Let's not make this awkward. Say something. <laughs> <laughs> Just silence. A moment of silence. That is respectful, Alice. I'm sorry. My 21 gun salute is in the shop right now. Kate, owning guns isn't a personality. Uh, I know. That's why I don't have any. Um, also, because frankly, if anyone knows anything about me, they should know that I am not responsible enough to do that. <laughs> I do really need to get a taser, like, just for, like, protection purposes, because I, like, live in Hollywood, but you can't, like, order them on the internet if you live in California, so I have to, like, go to a store that sells pepper spray and tasers, and I don't know what store that would be, so I've just not, I've just been risking my life for the last, like, two years instead of Googling this. I've got nothing. Um, The bear store? Right? Like, a hunting store in... (sighs) Hollywood, which is so known for people that love to hunt. It's like we have a different kind of predator here. (laughs) So long story short, Yvette is going to continue pursuing uh, Cybabe. We love her. We want to support her in all she's doing. But we're still going to have an awesome show and nothing has clearly changed on here. But we do have a third voice here. And that is Candace. Candace, I'm butchering your last name. Horbets? Horback. Well, it's technically Horbach if you want to say like the Polish way, but that's like awful and I just don't. So Horback. I married a Polak, so I was gonna say, as a Polish person, you do not look Polish. Yeah. No. I was gonna say as someone who's also part Polish. No. Nope. Not at all. Married one. <laughs> yep. Although our audience might know you by a slightly different name, which is your stage name, Eva Lovina. Lovia. Lovia. We shit. <laughs> shit. <laughs> we went over this in the beginning. Good Lord, Alice. You're both culturally and porn insensitive. <laughs> it's fine. I made it difficult on myself by like trying to create a name that wasn't in existence before. And now everyone, well, half of everyone butchers it. So it's fine. So you have not only one, but two last names people can butcher. You're welcome. I know. I didn't think that through at all. <laughs> You're still an adult or not really nowadays? So I do like an OnlyFans and I still have like a fan site. So both of those things update, but I stopped shooting mainstream, I want to say like four years ago. I watched you in a porn actually a few months ago and I didn't even realize it was you. Um, oh, really? Which yeah. one? Oh, uh, Sex Machina. Oh, yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That one was fun. It was a good storyline. I mean, you guys did change it up a little, but I have to say I appreciated like when I saw, oh, wait, they put effort into the set. That never happens. That was the fun thing about when I was contracted with that company is that almost everything was a feature. So we got like a bigger budget for costumes and sets and we actually did script. Not that anyone watches porn for the script, but it still was more fun than like a Candace. a gonzo scene. Do you watch the porn for the script? That's that's her whole podcast. That's half the show at least. <laughs> oh, then there you go. Someone is. We watch the porn for the plot. <laughs> it's amazing. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, but now I have a serious question. What are the budgets like for and poor nowadays? Because Kate, you and I were talking about you were... I'm supposed to direct a couple of movies coming up here and the budgets are tiny. Like, so for mine, because it's really gonzo. So it's like $3,000 per scene is what I have to wow. spend. Is that with talent? That's like including talent Holy has to be in that 3000 Yeah, it's like nothing. When I directed, I only did a few scenes. Um, we got a budget of 10 Yeah. That's crazy. I mean, I have to do two and it's 3000 a piece. So I have like 6000 to spend that day. Whew. Yeah. So at least because I mean, obviously they're gonzo. So I'm just going to, they'll, they'll be on the same day at the same location with the same people. Like yeah. probably different female talent, ideally the same male talent, if I can pull that off. Because uh, like literally I'm talking to my boss and he's just like, yeah, he's like, whatever you don't spend is how much you make. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to make like $50. That's including your budget? Like your yeah, pay? Holy my pay. shit, yeah. that's fucked up. That's unreasonable. That's absolutely unreasonable. Yeah. I mean, I think I feel like I'm still going to probably be able to walk away with like $1,000 from this day. Just like the way I've broken it down. But we're definitely going to see. So. so for our audience that's not familiar, how is a porn budget generally broken up i mean for example for you said yeah. one and these are anal scenes too so i'm gonna have to pay the female talent quite a bit more what yeah oh so like an my. A- so talent is a huge portion of it female talent for like an anal scene generally starts you can get some people to do it for 1200 mine was always 1400 when i was performing male talent anywhere from like i'm gonna have to pay a little more because i want one guy i'd rather have one good guy than two mediocre guys so that'll be like probably 800. Um, the location is anywhere from like around 700. And then the makeup, like the makeup, hair and clothes and stuff, I probably won't hire. I mean, I might hire a makeup artist. We'll see. But then it's just, I'm like, I will hold the camera. Like I'm going to shoot it all. Oh, wow. And do all of the prep. I'll probably have a PA who will probably, I'll pay around $200 mm-hmm. for the day. Yeah. And, but that's about it. It'll just be a really, really small operation. And that's for one scene with two individuals only for that particular piece. That's for two scenes. So I'll have two girls and one guy will be in both of the scenes. Got it. See, when we did ours and our budget was around 10, that was for like one girl, girl, girl scene. That's it. Oh my God. Yeah. And then I did another one that was, I want to say closer to eight. And that was um, a boy, girl, girl scene. Yeah. Eight or, yeah. And that wasn't including my pigs. I was also the talent. So like that was for everybody else except for me. And then I also got paid for directing. So that's crazy that you're working on such a tight budget. Like that's wild to me. I mean, it's different now too, because like a lot of so much of the way that porn is shot now, even in the last year has changed with like this, even the style that they want is more like OnlyFans style. Mm -hmm. Like coming from a professional company, they want like the like prep work for the anal I can't like give too much about this because like not my say but um like they really want that like kind of BTS versus you and the girl talking and stuff like that so like that helps mm-hmm. in that like I don't feel like I have to make a feature film but it's still gonna be a really tight budget so uh, yeah oof. well good luck thank you yeah <laughs> seriously Kate what's the most you've ever been paid for a scene I'm just curious for a scene yeah um I want to say maybe 2000. And what kind of scene was it? I'm just curious. 
So like, it's interesting because sometimes like I would work for companies that did clip sites a lot because they did a lot of fetish stuff. And so they would pay you like it was for the day and you would probably shoot like five or six little clip thingies. But it ends up working out to be a little longer than a normal day, but you get paid quite a bit more. So it would be like 1800 to 2000 I think I got 1800 for my first anal scene. Initially, I was supposed to get 2200 and then it got canceled due to certain directors not caring for my face which is fine i'm not allowed to tell that story anymore i got in trouble for it i'm not allowed to name names in that story anymore i made them promise i could continue telling the story because it was in my stand-up set for a long time so watch kate's old stand-up <laughs> they didn't call to apologize to me until i had been telling the story all over hollywood for like a year at like comedy clubs <laughs> then they were like you need to stop telling the story <laughs> so candace what's the most you've ever made out of a scene Oh, boy. Um, I want to say 15,000 was my highest scene. Shut the front door. Yeah. Holy cow. What did you do? Who did you do? (laughs) Um, I did a DP. And like, that's it? Yeah. (gasps) I'm so proud. Uh, thank you. I got fifteen hundred for my DP. Perfect. Yeah, but it was again. That was like four years ago. I yeah. don't know what's happening now. Yeah. I also like. I'm a little bit difficult when it comes to pricing, so like I draw my line very hard. I mean, considering the budgets you're hearing nowadays, doesn't that excite you? That's the thing that is so frustrating. Is like these companies are paying girls shit. Yeah, they're paying them shit. And I like if you have a nice OnlyFans, like a solid one that you put like effort into, and you see what you're making, that's like predictable income, right? It's like borderline passive income if you are mm-hmm. on top of shooting, and then you see what these companies try to say is all that they can afford. You're like bullshit, bullshit. I'm one girl, right? And I don't have all these other talents. Like I pretty much do solos for the most part. Like once in a while, I'll do a boy girl. But like most of my content is solo and I see what I'm making there. So I can only imagine what like a big company is making that has a plethora of girls and they have hardcore and they have softcore and they have like stuff that is like more cinematic, right? Like they have like this buffet of content. So if I know me with my little following and like I don't pay for traffic or anything like that, right? It's all organic. I know what I'm making. I have an idea what the studios are making. So that's frustrating for me as like a performer. Yeah. And I've heard in the last year, because I retired a year ago, and I've heard in the last year with COVID, there's now like girls that are doing boy-girl scenes for $600. Yeah. And I'm like, that's fucking bonkers. I do look at it though, because I've been on OnlyFans pretty much my entire career. Mm -hmm. And I've always looked at it as like marketing Mm -hmm. for my OnlyFans in a way where it's like, I was literally just explaining this last podcast too. Where it's like Naughty America has half a million followers on Twitter. Mm-hmm. So if they're posting about me being in tonight's girlfriend and they're like those scenes always performed really well for me and they're like sending that out to all their followers and tagging me and then they're going to my page and then it's like organic traffic. So I would always see huge spikes mm-hmm. when I would have a scene come out for like a bigger company. So I try to like I tell newer girls in the industry too to just be like don't expect like perf- like studio porn to be your main income. It's not going to be. No. And it goes up and down all the time. And so like I didn't get booked for like two months one time because they were shooting all brunette movies and I was blonde. Mm. And I like thought everyone hated me and I was freaking out. And then all of the titles came out and it was just like blacks on brunettes, brunette babysitters. And I was like, oh, no wonder. Like they don't hate me. I just wasn't on their list Mm -hmm. for these. So like, yeah, I always just tell people like look at it like it's promo. Look at it like you're doing a podcast or a show or whatever, because it's if you look at it that way, then it becomes more worth it. 
Yeah, you just have to have a plan going in now. I feel like because you have these third-party platforms, if you were putting in the effort, you can technically build up a following on like Instagram and then just push Mm -hmm. them there or on Twitter and just push them there. So you don't necessarily have to even go the hardcore route anymore. I mean, obviously traffic is traffic, but when I decided to stop shooting for other companies, and obviously I'd shot for years too, so it's like a different story, but all of my other sites like went through the roof because like, you know, that funnel was a lot tighter, but I also already had a name. So I don't know what it would be like being a new girl, but I do know that like there's certain things that I think they have more power over than they think that they do. Like when it comes to like their rate or how long they're on set, like my longest set day um, was like 17 or 18 hours. Like it was nuts. And like, no one's paying you extra for that. You know what I mean? No one's getting you a hotel room. Yeah, you're tired, you're sore, like your knees, my, I remember I, mine was 14 hours, my knees were like killing me because I was wearing heels the whole time, Oof. and I like just want to sit down, but I couldn't sit down because I had marks on my butt. Mm-hmm. Oh, look, Pretty Girl Stills take so long, shoots take so long, how is it stretching to be a 16-hour day? It's all the dialogue and the B footage and everything like that, because like mm-hmm. a gonzo scene will never take that long, no. that's like impossible. Like the one I was on was for, I wasn't even in the scene, I was like an extra, like a featured extra. And it was for like pure taboo. And it was this really, really cinematic thing. We had to wait for the lights to be in a certain place. Every single person went through hair and makeup and wardrobe was all like provided, which is not normal Mm -mm. for that. So like just all of those things stacking up on top of each other and then having to do, I mean, we would do five or six takes of each shot. And I was literally only there for the dialogue. Like I left when they started having sex and I didn't get home till 1 a.m. Wow. Yeah. Oh yeah, because you've told me that you've done... um the dialogue and you've done the readings for porns, like the intro. <laughs> I do a lot of the voiceovers. <laughs> when they're like, my stepbrother came back from college. We'd always been so close just because like I can read. And so like I would go to sets and like, I'm like this just sounds so mean, but like it's true. It's fuck. It's also hard to like read something into a microphone if you don't know how to do that. And like I would literally get to sets and like, especially like Mike Quasar would be like, Kate, can you please read this? The last girl couldn't read. Oh my gosh. I've never met him, but I've always wanted to. His Twitter is one of my favorite things that like always brings me joy. He's so funny. He's hilarious. I hope he's doing okay with all of this. I know this last year has been really hard on him. He's great too because you're in and out. I mean, I've done boy girl scenes for him where I was in and out in two hours. That's glorious. Oh yeah. It's great. Like you're definitely going to, he's like the only director where you can a thousand percent be like, I'm definitely going to be home by this time. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome that he's so efficient. Although the other thing that I've heard about him, and again, this is just hearsay as someone who's an outsider, which is he will outbid himself when it comes to doing projects. Oh, yeah, he totally does. He's his own worst enemy in like everything. It's hilarious. And he's like aware of it, too. He's like, I'm definitely the cause of all my problems. I'm like, yeah, you are. That and Pornhub are the cause of all of his problems. (laughs) I mean, I'm the same way. I mean, I'll go to I remember years ago, I would go to a charity auction. It's like, I'll spend $200 $200 on his tickets. No, too fitty. And uh, like, I'm that asshole in the crowd, which I will outbid yeah. myself. And it sounds like he does the same, except the opposite. It's like, oh, 12K? No, I'll do it for 10. Yeah. Mike, no one's competing against you. Yeah. <laughs> they literally came to you and asked. It's so funny. Like, yeah. His, and also, his life is like not that bad. Like, he owns his condo. He's doing fine. He's always like, I'm going to live in a cardboard box behind the BevMo. And it's like, no, you're not, Mike. But that costs <laughs> a lot in LA. I know. Yeah. Owning a condo in LA. No, yeah, a cardboard box a- behind the BevMo in LA. <laughs> Square footage is ridiculous. I had a joke for a while that never like quite worked, but it was about how you can't say that Jeff Bezos has never done anything for 
the homeless because it probably was a lot harder to get cardboard for panhandling signs before Amazon. Like it was so, probably so much harder to find cardboard. You would have to like go to like a liquor store or like a, or a grocery store. Now there's just cardboard fucking everywhere. It, I, it has never worked. I'm, Although I like Alice's reaction. If everyone <laughs> reacted that way that you do, I would do that in every show. I guess at the end of the day, and maybe people are willing to disagree with me on this, but I'm just really glad we live in a timeline where a few years ago there was this big trending story about Jeff Bezos' dick. And I'm just glad as a population we didn't see it. Oh, thank God. I'm okay with that. His wife earned that money. She absolutely earned it. There's no, you cannot, I, I yeah, no arguing. She, I'm sure she earned it. The little turtle man. Did you hear he's buying the Washington football team? No. Yeah. Luckily, he waited until they'd already changed their name because otherwise the headline would have been Bezos forces the Redskins to relocate. <laughs> Which would have been really bad. <laughs> Not their first time, though, historically. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right. So hate mail info at twogirlsonmike.com. So Candace, Kate mentioned previously her having some issues with porn companies. I was reading an interview and I think... I ran across something along the lines where you were saying that it's like an unfortunate rite of passage at some point to shoot for a shit company. And it sucks because nowadays the bigger companies get to a point where they just start freelancing work. So it's like, oh, not my responsibility anymore. Mm -hmm. I think nowadays, again, like it's so much different than when I first got in. Like you didn't have OnlyFans, you didn't have Snapchat. Like you had to build like a pay site and then deal with a webmaster. And those people are usually like the scum of the earth. So that's also not fun. But there's always like that degree of separation. So if something happens on set, you can't really go to the company because they're like, oh, well, you know, like they technically are producing it and we're buying it from them. So if anything happens, like the director is like where the buck stops, even though like it's very gray, right? So I think like toward the longer I got in, it's like the more the paint was starting to peel off the walls. And I'm like, this is not fun anymore. And I don't like how I'm being treated. I don't like how some other girls are being treated. So I'm just going to go off and do my own thing. And I gave people like a lot of opportunities. And for me, like I very much believe you'll get signs if you're doing the right or wrong thing. And for me, like just so many of them were piling up and I was like, okay, it's time for me to leave. And it's not to say like I didn't have a good time because there was plenty of awesome scenes that I did and like fun sets that I've had. But towards the end, it was very much like mm, time to go. Let's pack our bags. Yeah, for sure. That was kind of the same thing for me last year because I had been planning on like, I was like, okay, I'm about to turn 26 and I'm going to like start phasing it out over 2020 and focusing on comedy and podcasts and like my OnlyFans and whatever, just because I'm getting busier. And then like COVID hit and that was like a huge flashing like neon sign from the universe where it was like, you can't even do your job. You might as well. And then I turned 26 like two weeks later in my bathtub and I was like, I'm done. I was like, I'm not going back. And like, they were talking about all the crazy like restrictions on like the testing and everything like that. And none of it made any sense. And a lot of people were talking about pulling out of pass. And as soon as those conversations started happening, I was like, I'm out. Oh, like, like why are they going to get a pass? Uh, it had to do with COVID testing and how the COVID test could be entered into the system. It was a lot of confusion. And then it ended up being like a lot of people calling for being able to test outside of pass, which like Ooh. for COVID, but that it just opens up a whole hand of worms on like, like the literally, and I, like I said, this too, I was like the past system was designed after the last HIV mm -hmm. infections, like to literally for a pandemic, like that is what this was designed for. Mm -hmm. And so the idea that people are now 
very openly saying like, I think we should be allowed to have some tests outside of pass. Like that's such a slippery slope. Mm-hmm. And also too, like, cause I, I don't live in the Valley. I had moved out of the Valley well before I retired. And like, even when I've done, cause I've gone back and done like dialogue for a couple of porns, if it's like a well-paid extra rate. And uh, you have to like be at talent testing in Northridge at like 6 a.m. That's not worth it to me. That's insane. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not driving like at 6 a.m. the day before. I cannot do that. That's crazy. Yeah. Not using pass is really scary. I mean, there was like I would say like the last year and a half of me shooting. I think there were three moratoriums for HIV. Three in like 18 months. And I was like, that's a lot. I think only, I don't know if any of them were positive. I want to say maybe one of them was, it was so long ago. But to me, what was making me nervous is like, I guess like what was seen as like normal was changing as far as like who shot with who. Like traditionally, if you did gay stuff, you were on one side. And if you did hetero stuff, you were on one side. And that was what it was. And then there started to kind of be more of like this bleeding over, which if anyone wants to do that, you know, I'm not going to tell you what to do with your body. But I think that you do have to disclose like if you are working with gay performers because their testing is different. Like that's it, right? Mm -hmm. It's not like like a bigoted thing. It's just their testing is different. And then that stopped happening, right? Like it used to be you could like Google someone and find out. And then it was like the females that started doing more of it rather than like crossover stars, which were like the guys Mm -hmm. coming over. It ended up being like the opposite, which was were girls shooting a lot with trans women. And again, your body, your choice, do what you want. But for me, like I just saw that becoming like very normalized and the trans performers do a lot in the gay community. Again, testing is different. And I was like, three moratoriums, like I'm out too. Like I just don't feel safe with my body anymore. If the testing was the same, it wouldn't be an issue for me, but it's not. It's not. And like having been, I was good friends with a big gay male performer for a while. And this was about the same time. This would have been like 2018. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm talking to him about it. Like as a gay male performer, he'd be like, I walk off of probably 20% of sets that I'm on. Wow. Because what? they literally, he's like, I'm down in Vegas and they like, he, yeah, he's like, they pull guys in off the street and are like, do you want to make money? Yeah. I've and like just that. hearing it firsthand, like from someone in that world, who's like also on the same page of like, I understand why you wouldn't want to work with me. Mm-hmm. because of like this stigma and like I, even though I'm like very and he would like insist on having like regular testing protocols because he also did crossover and like but even hearing it from him I was like okay like this is like you said this is not a bigoted thing this is a very real mm-hmm. very dangerous thing mm-hmm. I wish that that side of the industry would like pardon the la- choice of words but like get their shit together mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I don't understand why they don't I, I really don't get that well, then also with the straight side of porn, a lot of girls, and this was maybe like the the year that I stopped shooting, like I was just finishing up like my last showcase or something. And girls were like trying to one up each other with how much of like a whore they could be with civilians. And again, I am no one to slut shame. Obviously, you can Google me. But when you're saying that you just fucked your Uber driver with no condom and then you're going to come back and shoot with other performers, like how dare you? How dare you you're jeopardizing other people's health now because you want like the badge of like dirtiest whore like what is that about and then that that behavior is rewarded instead of saying like actually you should probably be like blacklisted honestly like no one should shoot you if you think that's acceptable because i mean you're lucky if you just need a shot in the butt to get something to go away right I'm surprised that that was considered a badge of honor i mean so first off that is definitely um 
I would prefer someone have absolutely no physical or even speak to me during an Uber ride. You will get five stars, <laughs> let, let alone fuck me. I mean, that is one star at best. So, Because a lot of girls would like lie about it and they'd be like, it's my Uber driver. And it wasn't. It was like tested male talent. But they didn't disclose that, obviously, because it's like the clout yeah. and the clickbait, whatever. But then like these newer girls who are newer to the industry, like didn't know that they were lying. And then they went and fucked their Uber oh, drivers. Oh, no, no, no. Some of the, the girls I'm talking about are vets. Oh, okay. Yeah. I just know that I saw that a lot and like had to like tell people. I literally had told other like female performers that were newer to be like, you know, that wasn't what happened. Like she didn't really fuck her cousin. <laughs> like, like you know not. that guy. Like his face isn't in it, but you know him. It's definitely not her cousin. Oh no. Oh no. Yeah. For me yeah. it was it was girls that were shooting for like as long as I was at the time. So I was and they were like they're like top. 20 performer or whatever and I'm just like how's that okay and then I called one of the girls out in an interview and then she's like Eva's slut shaming me you can't slut shame this slut because I'm filthy and I was like that's it's not slut shaming it's being a responsible adult and knowing the risks it's like I don't even know what to compare it to because what we do is just so like out there but like you're you're genuinely risking other people's health and like that's not I'm not consenting to that behavior right and then you show up on my set like that's the issue yeah it's like getting in a car with a drunk driver exactly but they're not telling you that they've been drinking yeah there you exactly go. Mm-hmm. yeah well let's just be honest it was Adriana Chechik yes yeah yeah one of them but there were other girls doing it too but she was the one that was like the loudest about it and like the proudest about it and I was like what the fuck like what the fuck we all know that a lot of people in adult do also escorting and that's fine. You know, uh, mm-hmm. you have to do what you have to do, but be safe, be responsible. You're going, right. you know, this is a job like anything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so irrational that people would do this type of work and not get tested or be on CPACs constantly or mm-hmm. gosh, I just, I don't even know yeah. what to say. I mean, like, is it just because of the clout, because of the name that they continue getting booked and not blacklisted? I'm just, I don't understand. I think it's the branding too, right? Like yeah. she's like a really extreme performer. So she maybe thinks that by doing these extreme behaviors off of set, that that's like adding value to her brand. But the problem is, is no one's saying anything. Like, I don't know anyone besides myself that's like directly called her out and said like, this is not okay. And I think it's because she's such a big performer and they didn't want to get blacklisted. But I'm like, I don't care. Like she was supposed to do my showcase with me actually. And then Greg Lansky at the time, like he still was part of Tushy and was like, you know, I think it would be great. I'm going to have her. And I was like, fuck no, I'm not working with her. And then we got Riley, which was way better you know what I mean? For every yeah. reason imaginable. But yeah, it's like I, I refuse to work with someone like that that doesn't care about their health and let alone mine. Yeah. I just lost the AVN for best gangbang to Adriana like a couple weeks ago. That's fine. I didn't even think it was going to be in like the gangbang category. I thought that was a weird category for that scene to be in. But I didn't even know you were nominated. Congrats. Yeah. Congrats on the nomination. Thank you. It was fun. I was nominated for that scene I did with the Catholic priest for Dana Vespoli. It was really fun. <laughs> Like, but it was only three. And I just felt like, like, I, even when the nomination came out, I was like, are you sure it's that category? Like, it's not like best taboo or something like that. I was like, are you sure? Because it doesn't feel like a gangbang. Like, to me, a gangbang has always been at least five people. Wait, it was three people only? It was only three guys. It was me and, um, well, like me, obviously, it was three guys. It was uh, Steve, Holmes, John, Strong, and Ramon Nomar. Well, yeah, I mean, you yeah. can't qualify that as a threesome. So it's like next yeah, step, I guess. I guess. I guess it's still groups. I don't know. Is we, or even like DP or something would make more sense for that. Like, I don't know. Not really with three guys. I guess it's kind of a scene you can't really put 
in a category, so it just ended up in that one. Maybe if you had one more guy, then it would have you would have had the award. Yeah, I know. I said the Our Father like in Latin while they came on my face. Like I just feel like I just like oh, earned it. Damn. Yeah. Like I literally got up and I had like come all over my face. I was like, who fucking does that? Who fucking does that? Give me my trophy. But you know, it's so political, right? Like oh, it's yeah. oh. it's so political. And I tell people that all the time. Yeah, I think like it's everyone wants to be like acknowledged for what they do, even when it, you're just giving a blowjob, right? But <laughs> like that, the nomination is great. But when it comes down to like who's nominated and who gets the award, it's mm-hmm. who's rubbing the right elbows or other parts. Yeah, or who's which company is paying AVN for it. And yeah. I, I explain that to people all the time. Like it's not the same. They call it the Oscars of porn. It's not voted on the same way. It's not decided the same way. Mm-hmm. And also nominations themselves are, even though like I don't shoot anymore, like I've been nominated every year I was in my career and like they're worth almost as much as the win. You still are like, oh, like Avian nominated, like that's, you're still in that like class of performer. It really doesn't fucking matter if mm-hmm. you win. I do like it when people cry when they lose. Oh my gosh. Just because it's a ridiculous thing to cry about. When I was, um, oh, I must've been like 15 or something. I was watching MTV True Life, like, that you remember that series? Oh my god! And yes. they did one on like a porn performer. I don't know who it was, but it was like you know ages ago. And she went to the AVN and she was up for best blow job or something. And she was like so excited and she was in her gown. And then they announced that it was someone else. And it just shows her like hysterical running down the hallways, just like belligerently crying. And I was like, I always stand in the hallway outside why? to watch that. <laughs> I was like, why is this girl so upset she didn't win best blow job? Like how far do you think that's gonna get you? If you wanted the recognition of your peers, the load on your face afterwards should have been enough. <laughs> If you want recognition, though, maybe, like, don't get into porn. Like, if you want positive, like, recognition. I mean, the best recognition you can have is, oh, you showed up for your scene on time. Great. Mm-hmm. There yeah. you go. Mm-hmm. You were pleasant and prepared. You bothered to read the script before you got here. <laughs> That's a big one. They're always like, oh, my God, you're so good at acting. I'm like, no, I am not. I am a terrible fucking actor. I just read the script when you send it to me. <laughs> I always liked that part. Like, I loved getting, like, the script in and, like, trying mm-hmm. to, like, memorize all the lines. I was actually, like, pretty good at that part of my job. So, like, I always looked forward to, like, the long, lengthy scripts. Yeah. I know they're fun. I'd always, I would always, like, memorize everyone else's lines, too. So then they'd be, like, stop lying. I'd be, like, it's this. It helps, Could though, right? Please? When you memorize yeah. the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, because you have to know the cue of what you're going to say next. Yep. I think it's in like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but he's like, uh, it's like Leonardo DiCaprio and he's like trying to learn the lines for a script and he records himself like saying them all. And then he responds to the tape. Mm-hmm. And like, actually, that was the first time I'd ever seen someone do that. And I was like, that's so smart. And so when I would have trouble with something, I would do the same thing. I would like record myself saying the other lines and then play it back. That's a good idea. Candace, I know you've done a couple parodies. What was your favorite one? Oh, that's a tough one. I'm going to have to say Kill Bill just because I'm a huge like Lucy Liu fan. And I was so excited that I got to like pretend to be her for like a few scenes. And I loved being like in the kimono and like shuffling around. It just it was so fun to me. Oh, and really cool um, fun fact that probably no one knows is the stunt directors. Because this was like probably one of our biggest budget movies. Like we had the crane and everything come in. They were the same stunt directors from Power Rangers. And I was like, (gasps) this is fucking awesome. That's so awesome. I know. It was so cool. That's amazing. That is my one kind of like regret about my career. Like I was never a girl that got to do the big features because it's more and more rare. Mm -hmm. Like I could probably, I think if I was like naming all of the performers I know that regularly do features, it would be less than 10 people. Mm -hmm. 
in the whole industry. So like, it's so hard to get into that. And I always liked that too, where it was more elaborate and more story and more fun. And like, it's just because it's fun. It's so fun. And like very, very rarely do you get to do those anymore. And most of the people that do those like really established like features are super established. They probably, they were probably the same people that were doing them when you were doing them. Probably. Yeah. So, because okay. they just make fewer of them now too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Like I can't tell you how many times, I mean, look, everyone on the show knows how much I love Tommy Pistol, but the fact is he's been in how many porns that I've seen? At yeah. least 20. He's been doing them for a while. He's a fantastic actor. He's fantastic to work on set. I actually, that's it. That's it. He's yeah. great. He's great. So hire him, I guess. <laughs> How much of a boner you have for Tommy Pistol? I don't. No, he's he's just, no, as an actor, I care. As an actor, yeah. As an actor. No, he's a great actor. When he yeah, um, co he co-hosted, right, for AVN one year, and it was like probably the best one that, that they did since I was shooting. I think the best thing I've ever seen is him co-hosting Dred's Dick. <laughs> like, Dred uh, had his penis as a puppet, and Tommy voice acted it for HBO. That's so funny. <laughs> Dred's really funny too. Oh, Dred's is. hilarious. Yeah, he's lovely. I was at uh open mic on Saturday and like a couple like those guys like know I did porn and like one of the guys just be like, wait, do you know Manuel Ferreira? I love I Manuel. Like, yeah. And I was like, yeah, I love him. Like he's great. And, like I worked with him. He's like, oh <gasps> You've had sex with Manuel for I'm like, you're like a 23 year old like Indian comic. Like what the fuck? Like what? <laughs> Like, you're so into this. And then he's, like, talking about it. He's, like, you got to Google this guy. He's so fucking hot. Like, he's so cool. And I was, like, you're straight, though? Like, what is happening right now? And he's, like, they're all, like, can I come to AVN with you next year? And I was, like, I don't perform anymore. (laughs) Like, I think I am going, but I think I'm going to, like, podcasts. (laughs) Like, I. You're going to buy the nosebleed seats. I know. I, I think we're going. Yeah, I think we're going. I think I'm mostly going to, like, ones in Europe coming up. But, like. I think we are going to go do AVN too, which will be fun. Then you'll sneak with me to the main floor. It's fine. I know. I will. I feel like Mark will just still get me a ticket because, I mean, they still get my mail. So I feel like he'll still get my ticket. But in all seriousness, I understand that there's so many performers that love Manuel and, you know, have said he's one of the best performers to work with uh, scene wise. You two seem to attest to it. I can't because I haven't been in the industry and I'm very envious. But it seems like, okay, I've had people study him and he changes up his moves. You know, he's not just very rhythmic in which, all right, I'm going to just stick with one thing. He kind of changes up the pace and he also looks his scene partners directly in the eyes, which is something I've noticed, which a lot of other male performers don't do. So, yeah. He's extremely good at reading body language Mm -hmm. to the point where I don't think you can learn to be that good at it. Like, I think he just is that like naturally who he is because I mean, I worked with him once, but like we went bowling a bunch of times stuff too. He knows how to adapt to whatever mood is in the room. He's like a chameleon. Like he just knows. And there doesn't, that's what's so great about it is it's always feels where he always feels like consensual and it feels safe and it's really fun, but it doesn't feel formulaic you can tell how much attention he's paying to you while Mm -hmm. not sacrificing like what makes the scene really hot. And honestly, I think that feeds into making the scene very hot, but you don't have to have those really long conversations beforehand with him where you're like, don't move my hip this way because it hurts or don't like, I don't bend that way. Cause like if he tries to move that way, he'll sense it instantly, like before you can get it out of your mouth and he'll move you. It's like a superpower. Cause I can't tell you how many times, I mean that I've been with someone and it's like, 
the same moves over and over. We're not even going to change the how it's going. Really? He's just such a passionate person, too. Mm-hmm. Like, like he oozes passion. Like, he by far is, like, the top two, like, male performers for me. Like, I never had, like, a better scene than with Manuel. He's just, like, it, there's no cameras. There's no no one else in the room, even if there's 10 people. It's, like, just the two of you. And then you can, like, connect in, like, this mm-hmm. really deep way that, like, I haven't with almost anyone else. And he whispers the nastiest shit oh, in your ear, yeah. like fucking you. And it's all in like French, so you can't really hear. And he's like, and you're like I yes. want to bring you over home and I'll blow my friend's piece on you. And I'm like, yes, do that to me. <laughs> and it might be something you're like not even like, into. Not into that at all. No. But I'm like, uh-huh. You're like, sure, whatever you want to <laughs> do to me, man. Well, it's fine. It's fine. I will shove a Choco Taco in your mouth later tonight at, at about 2 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> I just ate a bunch of tacos. I stopped at Taco Bell on my way home because I was so hungry. And then I was literally, Alice, like in the like 15 minutes leading up to this podcast, I was like just like inhaling Taco Bell. Like, do you know how many hot sauce packets I could fit in your mouth? I'm going to say this in French to whisper it. (laughs) Okay, that sounds like a BDSM scene. (laughs) Okay, but uh, Candace, who's the other one? Uh, Nacho. Nacho Vidal. European performer. Um, I want to say he's in Spain, Spain or Italy, but he's been performing, I want to say, I don't know, like 20 years more. Oh my God. But he is just like, I think it's just the European men. You know what I mean? But he's just like dirty and hot and just like so focused on you that like, it's just, just this real sex. Like, I don't know how to put it. It's like, you're lost in the sex and it's amazing. Although speaking of um, people that tested positive for HIV, <laughs> yeah, sorry, I wanted to like double check. I just googled it to make sure because I remember that happening, but I didn't want to oh, say it out did? loud if I wasn't sure. Yeah, he did. Yeah, when that was a big thing. I think it was about a year ago. Wow, that's like a little so over sad. a year ago because there was a shutdown in yeah shutdown in Europe. This was in 2019. Jeez, beginning of 2019. Yeah, that's also the thing about shooting over in Europe, though, is like the testing is like really right. dicey. Um, yeah. so once I found that out, I like stopped doing my trips out there because the company I was contracted to, I'd go out there once a year for like a couple weeks and shoot with like their performers over there, and then I would talk to girls there, and they're like, "Well, they'll just like erase the tests, or like <gasps> the tests will go missing," and I was like, "What do you mean?" <laughs> Well, that's not okay. Yeah. I never worked over there. One of my best friends works over there a lot or used to because she's like mixed race. So she was never like white enough to be white or Latina enough to be Latina or black enough to be black, like in US born. But like in Europe, nobody looks like her in Hungary. So she'd work all the fucking time. Mm-hmm. And she'd be like, you should come to Europe. If you come to Europe. I was like, every fucking girl in Ukraine looks exactly like me. <laughs> But hotter than me. So, like, I'm not, I'm never doing that. I love you, Liv. I'm never going. Like, if I go now, it'll be for, like, podcasting. Candice, you've shot with some people overseas. Uh, Kate, you now interview a fuck ton of people overseas. Okay, what are we missing? So, clearly, it's uh, French dirty talk or uh, just different language dirty Mm -hmm. talk, you know? It could be Bulgarian. It could be Hungarian. It could be English. You know what? We like the accent. We're American. Mm -hmm. We're we're uncultured here. So, anything with an accent, just throw it at us. Uh, So, we're missing that. We're missing the passion. We're missing, clearly, uh, not standardized and or dicey testing mm-hmm. what else is different their attitudes are very different towards sex to me and like my experience just talking to because we're going to talk to cam girls now so it's a little bit different because they're not like performer perfor- like they're still performers 
obviously, but it's a different job. But like their attitude and their laws are a lot more liberal, I guess. Cause like they have like, I mean, I talk to these girls that work in like cam girl offices where mm-hmm. it's like huge, like it looks like it's like a suite at like the Aria or something where it, like it's very Vegas and they have all these different themed rooms and like a hair and nail lady that like works there to do their hair and their makeup and stuff. And they have like a kitchen, like a commissary, like it's like an, a place of business where they're allowed to just go in and, and use their room and they like pay whatever for the hour and they have all the audiovisual equipment, everything. And like, we can't do that. And like I explained to them, like that's illegal in the US. It would be a brothel. Our laws don't allow that. I wish they did. I would love to be able to like have a place where I could go and pay by the hour to just shoot my content that's not at home. Like people are, I have a beautiful apartment and people are fucking sick of seeing it. Yeah, I would agree. I think that they're a lot more like relaxed when it comes to anything as far as like sex. But for me, I had trouble because I always did more like tame porn and was never like an extreme performer. I did pretty porn, right? Like I just, I, that's, that was the category I was in and that's what I liked to shoot. But when you go over there, like I got booked for, I can't remember the company. I was supposed to go do an interview. Like that's what I was told. Cause I was there for digital, like shooting for that company and I couldn't shoot for anyone else. Like everyone knew this, right? I was exclusive. This company was like, we'll bring you on. We have like a nighttime TV show and we'll do um, an interview. It'll be great promotion, blah, 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 blah. That sounds great. Like, I might as well, like, utilize all the time that I have. I show up, and it was supposed to end up being, um, like, webcamming. Like, I had to webcam and then do an interview or something weird, but it was, like, not disclosed. So I drove an hour to this place. I'm like, I'm not webcamming. And he's like, what's the issue? You're a porn star. I was like, excuse me? <laughs> he's like, it's fine. These girls do it all the all of the time. I was like, that's because they're cam girls. Like, I'm... Mm-hmm. I'm a porn star. I'm not just going to get take my clothes off because you told me to. Like, what kind of attitude is that? So, like, some of it's, like, so laissez-faire that it's not good. Yeah. But um, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. they're oh, yeah. like, ooh, this American with the prude boundaries. I was like, no, I'm keeping <laughs> my clothes on. I'm going home. I mean, you're there for a specific job. I it's know. It's really weird that they wouldn't disclose that ahead of time. I was shocked. And then they were, I think they were hoping that because the drive was so long, I would just say, like, fuck mm. it, I'll do it. And I was like, you don't know me. <laughs> I'm going home. I feel like that is not as uncommon as I wish it was, though, because I've definitely also gotten to sets where they're like, oh, well, now you do this. Or like for me, like cream pies was a big one. Like I have birth control. But I really don't like when people, especially when I was working, I was like, because I, I feel like it's disrespectful for if I have to work the next day or the day afterwards. Like if my pH is off, I'm going to be really uncomfortable. Like, I don't want to smell like and I would tell like my agent, too. I was like, I need a couple of days to, you know, and I want extra money for a cream pie because it's going to take me a couple of extra days to like get back to normal and I care about my fucking health (laughs) and like there was several scenes where I'd get there and they'd be like well we want to do a cream pie and I'm like well it's very clear that you should have disclosed that and I would check with my agent and be like did they tell you it was that like did you ask and he'd be like because he knew to ask and he'd be like yes I asked and they said no and now I'm like on set and I'm like or I was on a set one time up in like Oregon and they wanted me to work with a girl who had a test from Kaiser permanente like not a pass test and they're like, we just don't see the issue. Like, she's not even like a mainstream performer. She just like does little alt stuff here in, in Portland. I was like, I don't fucking care. Even more concerning. Yeah, even more concerning. And I was just, and I like just explained it to the director too. I was like, if I do this scene and it comes out, like if anything happens, like I could get blacklisted. This could destroy my career as well, regardless of my health. Like my agent would be furious at me, rightly so. Like, you know, all this stuff. And it was ended up being, and I had shot this company a ton of times and like never really had an issue. And like that time, and they had wanted me to like stay 
with the male talent, like at his house oh, in a guest no. room. Ah, and I was like, no, they'd always pass. like gotten me a hotel before. And so I had like insisted, I like called my agent. I was like, I want a, I want a hotel. And then it was like supposed to be two days. And this was on the second day with this girl with this test that I didn't find out until she was there. And I literally like had gone out in the garden cause I was shaking and I was like having a panic attack. Cause he was like, the guy's like, well, I just don't know what you want to do. Like what, what's taking so long? Why do you have to, I was like, I have to call my agent, I have to call. And so like finally got a hold of my agent and I was like, he's like, what do you want to do? I was like, I want to come fucking home. Like I'm out of here. Mm -hmm. Like I'm calling an Uber and I am leaving and I want my check. Cause I hadn't got my check yet for the day before either. Mm -hmm. Cause it was like one check at the end. And so he finally came out. That guy did actually apologize to me later. And he was like, I'm really sorry. Like it was really out of line. I just, I didn't understand all of this because he was like a smaller time director and I do believe like it was a genuine apology and I appreciate it and he's like I, I'm never gonna put someone in that situation again like I'm in therapy <laughs> good for you man <laughs> like I'm not gonna come back and work for you but good for you I think it's fascinating that they tell you where the guy gets to finish right like that was one of my things at the end is I um like I always picked and it wasn't always where they wanted it to be, like, as far as, like, the director. And they're like, well, no one else says anything. I was like, well, that's fine. Like, this is my body, so this is where yeah. he's finishing. And they're like, well, that doesn't do as well. I'm like, I'm sorry. I've been shooting for, like, eight years now, and I'm tired of getting loads on my face. Like, I just don't want to do that anymore. And they're like, oh, well, who does she think she is? I mean, guess what? They still listened to me. Like, I still got to call yeah. the shots. And I still got booked. Like, I think girls get nervous of, like, speaking out because, like, I'm going to get black listed. I won't get hired again. I said no, like way more often than I said yes to a lot of things, especially towards the end. And I never had like a shortage of work. Like if your fans are like buying your content, like you can do whatever you want to do. Yeah. I actually wrote a whole thread about this last year because I was the same way mm -hmm. where if it was like a boundary and I like wrote it out specifically to tell girls, it was like, there's a way to say these things that people like, because you can't come onto a set and be like, I want it this way and I want it this way and daddy, I want a golden goose. Like you can't pull a Veruca salt. Like you can't, you can hold your boundaries and be like polite. Like I would always, if they had something that I didn't want to do, I would always like compromise and make it sound like it was their idea. I'd be like, how about like, instead of this, what if we do this? Like this would be really hot. And then I would always get my way. Cause I would like make them think that that was what they wanted to do. And if they would like push it, I would still just be like, you know, I'm really not comfortable with that, but I appreciate it. Thank you. And like not leave any room but be, I would just be like overly nice, like Girl Scout nice mm -hmm. to everyone, but like really firm. And I, yeah, the same thing. I never had like the reputation of having an attitude or being difficult to work with because I would always just like hold my boundaries like really professionally. Because mm -hmm. I think it's great. I obviously like think every girl should be able to like put their boundaries out there in this kind of work. Absolutely. But like the girls that I would see complaining about it or saying like, well, I held my boundary and they blacklist me and now I'm not working and be like, okay, well, I know you and you're like a really difficult person who's not nice or polite or fun to be around. Like, that's why you're not working. Not because you have boundaries. Like you didn't communicate them. Like it's a job. Mm -hmm. I don't like everyone I work with. I've never had a job where I liked everybody I worked with. It's just slightly different for you guys because you have to end up fucking them. Yeah. Or, I mean, even, like, the directors and stuff that you don't fuck. Because, honestly, you have more oh, issues with, yeah. the, like, the friction is okay. more going to be there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Although, I have to wonder, is there ever a time where it's like, no, I had severe friction with the editor and the editor used all the worst shots. But then they probably wouldn't use the editor. No, there's one specific one where, like, if anyone ever tags me in these pictures, I just block them. 
because it was for like hard X and I don't fucking understand why they did it this week. Like I don't work anymore, so it doesn't matter. But like they, it was my first time working for this director and I'd like been told she was a little bit intense and they had me, I'm very, very pale. And they had me in an all white house in like a red outfit. Like it looked awful. Like my skin, they were all of the, there was like no white balance. It looked fucking terrible. Oh. They're the worst pictures of me. I hate them. Like I didn't even retweet them. And I like literally my agent was like, why aren't you promoting this scene? I was like, have you seen the pictures from this scene? And then he saw me. He's like, oh, I'm really sorry. I was like, yeah. So you're all in white against a red backdrop. I mean, no, I'm wearing red all and everything in the house is white, like bright white. So Kim Kardashian. I look like I have jaundice. Like I look sick. It's awful. (laughs) That'll ruin your day. Like, and none of the angles looked good for my body. Like it was just, and they were like really picky about wanting those angles. And I was like, this isn't going to look good. I know it's not going to look good. I hate that scene. I still hate it. Like, Uh, I think that's fair. (laughs) Block anyone who promotes it. There <laughs> and like the thing you. was, nothing bad happened that day. Everyone was like really respectful on set, but it was like it was the editor, and like I literally had like my agent reach out to them and be like, "Um, what the fuck? Like you should not have talent coming back being like my pictures are so bad. I don't want anyone to see them because like I know what I look like naked and I look good." <laughs> Well, usually it's a male editor, right? So like, like he was picking the shots that he thought was super hot, which means like a lot of other dudes probably also agree. So like I think that sometimes as women, like we have a different eye. So like we're like, oh my God, my thigh looks terrible there. But everyone's like, yeah, give me that. So I just try to like anything that I hate, I just try to ignore. I also don't like promote anything if I hated it back when I was shooting. But I'm like, oh my God, that was awful. And I would have people be like, this scene's amazing. These photos are amazing. Like we are not looking at the same thing we can't be yeah and it wasn't even just like my thought because like I have pictures like that where I'm like okay this part of my body doesn't look good it was the whole thing (laughs) Uh like I'm really trying not to be so dramatic about it but like oh my god it was so bad (laughs) I'd be like can I just pay to get those photos back please literally I will give you back your money like you know like how much did the day cost tell me scrub it from the internet I don't want those out there. you know what would be better if we had those photos from like my graduation with a watermark like whoever did those photos just hire them from my high school or college oh, my senior pictures were really good I looked very pretty in those you know who would actually do even better the DMV just have the DMV clean it up <laughs> I have to go to the DMV tomorrow and I'm so mad because I have to get a new license because mine's going to expire and my license picture so good and it looks so hot in it i'm like brand new 21 and i'm not wearing a bra because my tits still like stood straight up back then i miss that i have like this little smirk on my face and i'm like like it's so cute it's like the best people literally check my id and they're like oh my god this is such a good picture i'm like i know that was my 18 year old id (laughs) now i'm gonna have to get a new one the worst part is um since the last photo i took for my id i lost 20 pounds so my face looks totally different or in my opinion looks different Maybe yeah. not totally, but in, enough for me to say, no, no, there's a difference here, officer. See, <laughs> I, I'm going to just stretch my cheeks for the camera. <laughs> not a fake ID. My little sister wanted my old ID, like, after I had, like, turned 21. And um, she's like, can I just have it? I was like, we look nothing alike. You're, like, five inches taller than me. And she has a Polish nose. I was like, people are going to, like, her nose is way bigger than me. I was like, no one's going to buy that, dude. I was like, you should just just go get a regular fake ID. I'm not like making you not drink, but like seriously, you're gonna get in trouble for that. (laughs) 
Have you guys ever had a fake ID? I was, okay, so I was never cool enough to get one. Mm-mm, I never had one. I went to Canada to get one. Really? Yeah, so there was, like, this, like, underground shop, and they, like, had a whole booklet. You could pick which state you wanted. They told you which ones, like, were the most passable. They took your photo, so it was actually your photo. You got to pick all the credentials for it, and you leave with this ID, and it worked. It worked until, like, two weeks before my 21st birthday, and then someone snagged it. And like, what's the capital of Minnesota or something? And I was like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> and they were like, get out. But that's the most American <laughs> response. I don't know. (laughs) Like, I don't know anyone from Minnesota who knows the capital. I mean, I'm shocked people from New Jersey know the capital's Trenton because no one gives Uh, a shit. The capital of Minnesota is St. Paul. And the way you can remember that is that St. Paul had a mini soda. Get it? (laughs) That's how I... I went to those schools that make you memorize all of... I literally know the capital of almost everywhere. Like, even, like, other countries, I know most of the capitals. Oh, wow. I'll just put you on my trivia team. Yeah, I'm great at trivia. Um, I never had one because I grew up in a small town that was right next to like a college town and they were really, really strict with fake IDs there. Like to the point where like a bunch of the bars got in trouble for cutting people's real IDs in half. Oh, wow. Like they would just, if they at all thought, like there was a couple bars where the bouncers had scissors and they would just take it out and cut it right in front of you. I didn't know anyone in high school that had a fake ID. I didn't know anyone in college that had one. Because it was just like, this is useless. And so we would just, but I mean, it was, there was a lot of house parties because it was a college town. And like, you had a lot of, I always had a lot of older friends. So like, I never had trouble getting alcohol. I just never went to the bars until I was 21. I guess I lucked out when I was in college and going to parties. I wouldn't go to the college parties. I would go to New York, but I would know a promoter or two and have Mm -hmm. a couple friends who would hook me up that way. But yeah, if I didn't have an ID, I mean, maybe they would pass theirs back and I would use theirs. But I just, I wasn't able to ever figure out the connections. Oh, actually, so fun fact, uh, I recently, well, not really a fun fact. I decided to download the Tor browser and explore the darknet. And I'm not going to lie, a lot of it looks like... 90s websites where people are just starting to learn HTML. And second of all, I'm pretty sure like at least more than half, solid 80% are just by like CIA agents or like people at the FBI because the (laughs) websites look so bad. It's like when you made a GeoCities page, that's exactly how it looks. (laughs) I remember that was an assignment in my like seventh grade English class. We had to like design a GeoCities webpage because it was like the future and we needed to know web design but we just like did them in like word what was fascinating to me though is that there are so many sites in which you can essentially buy things like paypal credit or a credit card with a certain amount of money and i'm sure it's illegal and honestly it's probably fake because uh, i mean if it's known enough to be on the darknet wikipedia how could it not be on the fbi's radar let's be honest for sure did you know that the FBI just doesn't track serial killers anymore? And that that's why there aren't any serial killers? Like, there are serial killers, but we just don't know about them because they just don't do that anymore. I didn't know that. What do you mean they don't do that anymore? So after 9-11, like, Bush changed. Bush and, like, the, F- the director of the FBI, like, changed all of their, like, where they put their money. Like, their whole budget went to anti-terrorism. And they just, like, shut down all of the serial killer task forces. So, like, most experts predict that there's between 20 and 30 serial killers active at any given time in the U.S. They just don't track them anymore. 
I was just watching something and it had serial killers on it. And I was like, how come like there aren't any anymore? Was there just something weird about those times that like grew serial killers? And now we know there's just a whole bunch and that's freaking terrifying. Yeah. The only reason there were so many then is because they had that dedicated FBI task force that was specifically for them. And like there was a ton of money going into it. I just read the book. Um, it's called Whoever Fights Monsters. That whole like psychological tracking and like sociopaths and like the integrating like psychology into criminal like law was like very in vogue and that's the only reason why we knew all of those serial killers there's definitely just as many if not more currently active in the u.s and canada but we just don't know who they are that's terrifying they don't i know it's scary it's called oh yeah it's by robert Ressler. I just genuinely figured that, you know what, we had so many women on like the serial killer task force when it came to podcasts. That it's like we solved them all. We figured it out. <gasps> Did you watch that Cecil Hotel documentary, though? Because, oh. OK, first of all, I think we need to stop letting people who have Reddit accounts be on documentaries. I mean, I have a Reddit account and I have karma. So does that count? Can I be in a documentary? Literally, this time, like, there's all these like web sleuths, and literally, like, there it'll be like John Smith, Reddit user, and then he's just like in a Netflix documentary, be like, we think this happened, and like that whole. I'm I'm not gonna like spoiler alert if you're listening. Are you guys gonna watch it? Do you probably care not. I, I don't this? care. No, probably not. Okay, spoiler alert. Don't listen if you care about this. Um, just because every time I fucking spoil things, people get mad at me on the internet. Um. <laughs> I spoiled the ending of The Lighthouse for people one time on a podcast and like a bunch of people got mad at me for it. I was like, were you going to go fucking see that black and white Robert Pattinson movie? <laughs> like, were, were you going to watch? Because I, I didn't even watch it. Anyways, it's like four episodes and the whole thing is like all of these web sleuths and done it at like all these conspiracy theories and she's on drugs and she blah, blah, blah because she ends up in the water tank, right, dad? And literally all four episodes up until the last like 20 minutes and then they're like she had a rare and like very serious version of bipolar not like the one that most people have the lid on the water tank was open uh the tape had been slowed down she very very obviously had a, a psychotic break uh, a manic like episode and got in the water tank like there's no conspiracy here there's no ghosts there's no serial killer there's no nothing and like it wraps up just like that. But the whole point, I think a lot of people miss the point of this documentary was that when like civilians who are not, don't have law enforcement backgrounds or understanding of that, like get online, they can cause havoc. Like there was this one guy who's just like a random death metal guy that a bunch of people on the internet decided he did it. And like people were like threatening his life, like sending him death threats. His career was ruined. Oh my God. Like, and he wasn't even there. He was like in Mexico city when this happened. And he, like, had to get lawyers. For years, he, like, talks about, he's like, it ruined my fucking life. You uh, apparently were not around for the Boston bombers of what Reddit th did there. Jesus. Like, they come- They actually mentioned that in the documentary. Yeah. They completely yeah. found and accused, like, the wrong people. It was amazing. It's like, maybe we should not be doing this. Although I am in a bunch of Reddits about the Jean-Benet Ramsey murder. Um, and I argue I'm very, very active on all <laughs> <laughs> So in your professional opinion, what do you think happened? Oh, Berg definitely did it. The brother totally did it. And the mom covered it up. The mom wrote the, the ransom note. And the dad was just pissed off about everything. She didn't grow up to be Katy Perry. I know. She would have been Miss America. I Because I lived, I literally lived like two blocks away from them when I was in college. Oh my God. Yeah. And I like grew up in the town over. Also like this happened like right before we moved there. Literally like in the three years before we moved to Colorado, like the Jean-Benny Ramsey thing and Columbine happened. And my parents were like, we should move there. <laughs> 
Like, wait, 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 wait. Like, the Jean Benet Ramsey thing happened, and then they moved next door because they were like, wait, there's a house for sale on the street. And then Columbine happens, and they're like, wait, maybe the rates for this, uh, maybe property rates are going to be lower. Let's go. Let's move. Did they hear that? Or, I'm sorry, am I flipping this? Oh, no. We just, like, randomly moved to Colorado in 1999. Like, oh, it was okay. not, like, a thing. Um, I also lived right near Chris Watts. And I actually dated a guy that also worked at Anadarko like the oil company. So like all of those happened really close, but I mean, I grew up in the town over. So like, uh, Jean Benet was in Boulder, which is where I went to college. So when I was in college, I lived like down the street from their house. And then I knew a bunch of people that lived in the same subdivision as Chris Watts when he like killed his wife and kids, which is super weird. Oh, that's yeah. crazy. People are nuts. Yeah. Kate, you seem to be a common factor in all of this. Is it me? Possibly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying, but maybe there's a Reddit forum about it. Yeah, possible. So, Candace, I was reading online, and you got to confirm or deny. Do you actually own a restaurant somewhere? Uh, two, yeah. What? Mm-hmm. Tell me more. North Carolina. So we have one in Wilmington and then one in Chapel Hill. So both are, like, new, near the universities. So, like, UNCW and then UNC Chapel Hill. What kind of restaurants are they? Um, It's, like, pizza, burgers, wings, like— Regular American food. We have like tons of TVs. So like sports are like always on. And then we have like a college night or had a college night. That's so cool. What made you want to get into that? Um, My husband actually started them like probably a year before I started dating him. And then he sold. There was one in Myrtle Beach. They sold that. And then we're in Wilmington now, like North Carolina. It's like an hour north and it's just like way nicer mm-hmm. up here. So we opened up one here and then that was doing really well. And they expanded to Chapel Hill. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I was always like in the bar and like restaurant industry too. So I was always like a bartender or waitress before I got into porn. Nice. That's really cool. Also, I know where Wilmington is because I watched Teen Mom too. <laughs> they actually <laughs> used to do a lot of filming here. There's, they still do a lot of um, Hallmark movies. Actually, I have a friend who does Hallmark movies, and I know he does mostly, he travels to Canada, um, Josh Sabera. I've had him on the show once before. Actually, it's fascinating to me because it's like, he's a gay guy who does Hallmark movies, and Hallmark is like super anti-gay. It's just, it's amusing oh, to wait, me. Oh, is it anti-gay? I mean, God forbid, like two women or ma- men kiss. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I don't really watch Hallmark. I feel like their whole aesthetic, though, is so, like, if you told me, like, a gay man wrote this movie, I'd be like, this tracks. <laughs> like, this looks like what a gay man thinks a straight relationship is like. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. Not wrong. But, like, that's it looks like that. The, all the matching sweaters. I'm so sorry. Straight people don't match their sweaters that way. We do accidentally dress alike for date night. That is a thing. Like, we'll wear... I do that a lot. Yeah, like, I'll wear a black shirt. He'll wear a black button down. Mm -hmm. It's a normal thing. And then we both end up wearing jeans. It's not that we're trying to be the cute couple that matches. It's it's just we're lazy. Or you're on, like, the same wavelength, too, right? Like, if you both are wearing, like, yellow... I mean, neither of us really own yellow, but, like, let's say it's something random, like, yellow... I was getting ready one time for a date with a guy I was dating and we were like going out with a bunch of his friends in like New York or something. And I was kind of, cause I'm not a fancy dresser and I never have like the pretty clothes. Like I just don't know how to do that. And it's, it's not my thing, but I was kind of saying like, Oh, you know, like sometimes I feel bad. Like I wish I had like the fashionable clothes or whatever. And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. You look fine. And then I looked down and we were wearing the exact same H&M red hoodie. Like <laughs> the same one. And I was like, of course you think I look fine. I dress like my 26 year old boyfriend. Like, <laughs> Of course. <laughs> there was a lot of baseball teams in that relationship. It was pretty cute. The best is when you can't steal their clothes. It just expands your closet. 
yeah, because he was small too. So like I could wear all of his stuff. It was great. You can't date guys that are like too different in size. It's like, oh, you're you're like an extra large or you're you're large. I mean, this looks cute on me, but I can't go out in it. I'm the opposite. I want like a mountain of a man. Like if I can fit in your pants, like it's not going to happen for me. I mean, what if you could fit in one pant leg? Then it will happen for you. Well, then, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like I owe it to the world as like a service to date the short kings because I'm like five feet tall. Like me dating someone that's six, it's just a waste. Like I need to give him to a girl that's 5'10". That's not fair of me. I, I'm perfectly fine dating someone that's like 5'6". Like the last guy I dated was like 5'6". And I was like, this is fucking great. I never have to wear heels. And we look like the delegation from the lollipop guild. Like when we go out, it's precious. <laughs> We're like tiny people. It's so cute. So, Candace, uh, where can our listeners find more of you? So they can find me on Twitter, which is just at FallInLovia. Instagram is Lovia Longtime. I obviously went through a pun phase um, that I now regret because I can't change them. And then my YouTube is at my regular name, so Candace Horback. It's H-O-R-B-A-C-Z. Super Polish. But, yeah, that's where you can check out all my stuff. Horbach. Horbach. Horbach, yeah. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. that is a very (laughs) Polish last name. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Do you like pierogies, though? I fucking love pierogies. I make homemade pierogies. Oh, she's in. She's She's in. She's in, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, by the way, have you been to Poland? No, I haven't. (gasps) No. I heard it's beautiful. When you come out to Poland, eventually, I mean, I'm not in Poland. I'm recording this from fucking Miami. But when you come out to (laughs) Poland... Hit a girl up because I will hook you up. I mean, my people are now your people because you've clearly married in. But all the pierogi spots, you got to go to Krakow. Uh, so Krakow, because Americans say it differently. But Krakow is off the fucking chain because it's like, if you've ever been, have you been to Prague? Mm-mm. Okay. Castles, beautiful Eastern Europe. That picture, uh-huh. smaller, more attainable, and cheaper by a lot. I'm into it. Yeah. So to give you an idea, they are not on the euro. They're on the Polish złote. So you take the American dollar, divide by four. <laughs> I'm not joking. Uh, Jeez. I went to, for an anniversary dinner years ago, I think we went to like the best restaurant in town. Multiple courses, prefix meal, lots of wine, free shots, you name it. Costs like 30 bucks. Jeez. Oh my God. I want to go to Poland. Yeah. I'll stop by on my way from Romania. Yes. You, look, you, I'm going to send you photos. You're going to absolutely love it. You're going to move there. I was honestly pre pandemic <laughs> thinking, oh, I got to get a, a place there and scoop it up because, I mean, places are constantly going up in pricing. And my family does have like places there, but it is off the chain, fantastic clubs food, people. And here's an art kicker. You don't need to know Polish to make it around Krakow. A lot of people speak English. Oh, and when you go, they have two big malls, buy a suitcase. And because everything's, you know, a quarter of the price, all of the stores are also a quarter of the price. I'm in. All right. As soon as everything opens back up, I'm in. So I guess for more travel tips. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'll just hit you up on Twitter. Yeah. 
Or also, you guys could become a Patreon if you're listening to this. Head on over to patreon.com slash two girls on mic and help support the show. Help support our poor editor who has to listen to the whole version of this and make us sound super professional. So thank you, Kane, as usual. But this week, we want to thank Wendy Cornwall, Stranger in a Strange Land, David Odd, Matthew Barrett, Heather LV, Chris Clark, Larry, James, Christina Blankhorn, Hagsar, Rick, Holoshike, and many, many others. Become a patron, twogirlsonmike.com, hit the support button or patreon.com slash twogirlsonmike. And you can also see the full video version of this. But Candice, where can our listeners find more of you and listen to your podcast? Um, they can find my podcast at chattingwithcandice.com and they can find um, most of my other stuff, my spicier stuff on my Twitter, which is um, Fall in Lovia. And Kate, where can our listeners find more of you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at the OG Kennedy. You can find me on Instagram at the PG Kennedy. Um, and you can listen to my podcast, which if you like this one, you'll probably like that one. It's called Cam Girl Chronicles presented by I'm Live. And you can find it at camgirlpod.com or anywhere you listen to your podcasts. You can find my personal website at semiprocockjockey.com for my writing and shit. And if you uh, would like my spicier stuff, you can go to theogkennedy.com. Fantastic. And guys, you could find TGOM at all places at TGOM Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Of course, subscribe so you know when the next episode is out. Uh, tell your friends, family. And by the way, we just were reviewed in Uproxx. And uh, we had a fantastic review about the show there. It was great. It was a rave. They loved you. It was a rave. It was a rave. And what was amazing to me is in a review of the best sex-themed podcasts, you have to understand this guy, he listened to like 20 plus like porn sex-themed podcasts. And out of all of them, he said, this is filthy. <laughs> Yay. Right? Like, enough, and he's literally said enough to make you wince. <laughs> and I'm so proud of that. We're talking about pornography. We're talking about sex. We're talking about, you know, bodily fluids and everything. Like, I'm frankly shocked that, you know, out of all of them, he listened to this one and, and said, oh, this is too far. You got that cringe clout. Well, you guys can tune in to us again next week. Follow me, Alice, at Rational Blonde. But again, we'll see you then. Bye. Bye.